Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hello, this is Gwendolyn Galsworth. I want to welcome you to the Visual Workplace. This is our weekly radio show where we explore and celebrate workplace visuality, letting the workplace speak. Every week we look at some aspect of that, of how to let the workplace speak so that we get the information that we need when we need it and we reap the enormous performance benefits from doing so. And you know what else? We enjoy ourselves at work. We enjoy ourselves because through workplace visuality, we have removed the struggle. The name for that in workplace visuality is motion. We reduce the motion and we get more work done and we enjoy ourselves. So today we have a very special show. We are going to welcome Mark Graben, who has been a force in creating and leading improvement in the field of healthcare for many, many years. He's also an ace blogger, leanblog.com. And he has written a new book. Mark's new book is Healthcare Kaizen, which he co-authored with Joe Schwartz. And it just came out, and we're going to talk about this today. I have no announcements, nothing more important than what we're doing now. So we're going to jump right in and welcome Mark. Welcome, Mark. Thank you so much for finding time for us today. Hi, Gwendolyn. Thanks, for, thanks so much for having me on your show. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm really very, very pleased that uh, we can have this conversation. Mark is the author of Lean Hospitals, which came out a few years ago and kind of set the pace on what's happening in healthcare in terms of lean. And now he's expanded that discussion to the whole field of improvement that's happening in hospitals and medical centers. So, so uh, let's begin, Mark, with uh, just asking you some background questions so people can get to know mm-hmm. you, understand your, uh, your expertise. Tell us, about how you, um, uh, tell us about your background and the kinds of things that have brought you to the work that you're doing today. Well, sure. Yeah, I started my career, I'm an industrial engineer originally um, by my college degree, by my undergraduate degree. Uh, I've gravitated towards working with Lean. You know, I've worked with Lean my whole career. When I was at General Motors, I was very fortunate in the mid-90s to be working with some people that GM had hired to come in and, and try to help turn that company around in the workplace. And I, I think especially 
um, became passionate about what some might call the people side of lean, which I think is a bit of a misnomer. Lean is really, it's, it's all about people. But as opposed to, you know, technical tools and methods, you know, I saw the impact of the difference between you know, traditional management approaches and quote-unquote lean management or, or Toyota-style management in terms of making it a better workplace for the employees, not to mention, of course, the great business benefits um, uh, for, for, the, for the company, for customers. And when I had the chance seven years ago to get involved in healthcare, um, I, you know, that, that kind of passion for helping people create a better workplace has extended because uh, there's so much need for that in our modern healthcare world. Yeah, it's very interesting because you did a first book that's called Lean Hospitals where you put forth this very compelling discussion about why lean is needed in the medical setting. And since we're going to be talking about this most of the show today, would you, um, would you talk about what you've discovered in healthcare and what is the nature of that need? There are a great number of needs in healthcare. I, mean, I think I got surprised seven years ago when, when I got into healthcare, you know, I've knock on wood, I've been very fortunate to not have too many uh, encounters with the, the healthcare system as a patient. Um, I think I was really surprised by a number of things. I think for one, and, and this is you know, publicly available, but maybe not talked about as much as it should be, um, of really the, the gap in healthcare quality and patient safety. Uh, the gap between where it really should be if we had better processes, uh, a better management system, a better working environment, and where it is today. You know, there, there's estimates, and it's hard to know for sure, but best estimates and studies uh, tell us that anywhere between 100 and 200,000, 100,000 and 200,000 people a year die due to preventable medical errors and preventable mistakes. And where lean comes into play is that these mistakes aren't caused by a lack of medical education or a lack of clinical skill. It's, it's process problems. It's miscommunications. It's um, you know, system-level issues that lead to these errors. A lot of these errors are due um, to you know, good people, nurses, pharmacists, doctors, being um, overwhelmed by the waste and the chaos in their workplace. So lean really helps address that. And, you know, lean and, and the new book, and we're talking about with Kaizen and that mode of continuous improvement, um, doesn't blame the individuals for the problems. It engages them in helping improve those processes and systems so that they can do the best work possible for patients. It's, that's really a staggering number. I haven't quite gotten over your, the first part of your response of 100,000 to 200,000. That's a lot of people who uh, could be around today. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if you are permitted to say so. It's a little bit to the left or the right of our discussion. But I'm curious if people know in healthcare that their errors, their mistakes are actually resulting in losing people. Are they aware of this or is this a kind of hidden, hidden knowledge? Um, I, people know to some extent. I don't, I, I don't think every person working in healthcare would be able to cite the data and the studies and the reports. Um, I, I think there's, there's a knowledge that people are harmed 
injured or, or die because of problems in healthcare. But one thing that gets in the way, there's a number of things that get in the way of improvement. One is a somewhat self-defeating mindset where, where people will make excuses for these problems by saying, well, you know what, our patients are really sick. These infections, uh, you know, the, these problems are, are just bound to happen. And you know, we have instances around the country and around the world where people are nearly eliminating certain types of hospital-acquired infections. They're nearly eliminating um, patient falls in the hospital. Um, and so you know, I think we, we need to help open people's eyes to, to realize that it is possible to improve so that we don't just make excuses for it, um, that, that we get people focused on really preventing errors. And, and there's a lot of other dynamics that get involved of, of people not reporting near misses or not reporting errors. Mm. Um, I just saw an article today that says, you know, if hospitals are not complying with federal government requirements that they report problems. And one of the things that tied back to is, so, well, a lot of the healthcare employees don't know that they're required to do so. So we have communication problems. There's leadership problems that um, are really uh, unfortunately, getting in the way of the type of improvement that's possible, that's being proven uh, to be possible. I actually hope that we spend some time on leadership later on in the discussion because your new book, uh, Healthcare Kaizen, brings that up. Uh, several chapters focus on that very closely. Uh, mm-hmm. But it is it, – so it sounds as though these uh, – the whole idea of the causal chain is something that is new to um, – to the healthcare setting, because when you think about the most complex product that that I've come across when I've worked in aerospace at Lockheed Martin or whatever, and there are eighty thousand parts in a single jet fighter with all those attributes that have to work so perfectly together. When you think about the human body, there are multiples of eighty thousand attributes that have to work. You know, specs that have to to mesh and to work more or less seamlessly. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you can be sick in some part of this very complex mechanism. So healthcare itself is such a challenging field. If you think about it as manufacturing, it's like impossible to make the product. <laughs> but you didn't make it and yet you have to repair well. it. I mean, it's really a thankless task, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, healthcare has gotten increasingly complex over the last decades. We have amazing technology um, that's available to us. But, you know, a lot of uh, medical experts in the patient safety field will point to, you know, the increased specialization, the increased subspecialization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, the, you know, a, a cancer patient who needs surgery is interacting with so many more different subspecialists and the coordination and communication challenges become that much more critical. And I think it's fair to say that healthcare, while it's invested a great deal in terms of clinical and technical skill and education, where where healthcare falls down is the process level mm. focus and design and improvement that helps tie together all those technically excellent individuals. Yes, yes. And so we're going to be talking about visual uh, later on as well. But I will say now that I've been in uh, a number of hospitals and a number of them that have made the lean journey, but few of them have embraced the extent of visuality that is needed to actually make a dent in the information deficits that are plaguing so many hospital 
uh, processes and that I think are causal related to the kinds of problems you're talking about. But uh, but let's move to your book, Healthcare mm-hmm. Kaizen. So everybody, Healthcare Kaizen is this very comprehensive, thorough overview of Kaizen thought and also within the world of healthcare. But here's what I love about the book. It's got lots and lots of detail, lots of examples, tips, wonderful, wonderful quotes from Dilbert to Mark Twain to Einstein to, um, to I came across Vince Lombardi. There's a great mm-hmm. quote from Vince Lombardi. I have it right here. Perfection is not attainable, but if we chase perfection, we can catch excellence. Isn't that mm-hmm. perfect? That's Vince Lombardi. So the book is very, very rich. And I, and I really love your table of contents. It's got a lot of detail. But you know, everyone, I just want you to know that if you are not in healthcare, I still think this is a great book for you to get because it does such an excellent job in giving you the feel for what Kaizen means when it's in action. So it's just that we're in a healthcare setting instead of a manufacturing setting. But there are so many tools and tips that you can use in manufacturing, in banks. So I want to just give this book my seal of approval. And please, before we go on, tell us how we can either reach you or get the book, please. Oh, well, well, well thank you first for the kind words about the book. Um, I appreciate that. Um, in terms of finding me online, uh, people can go to markgraben.com. Uh, or they can um, go to leanblog.org, which is really kind of my primary home on the web, my blog. Uh, and, and from there, they can find links to the different um, websites about the book, or they can uh, find the books on um, Amazon is a, a good way, a good first starting point as well. Thank you. So why did you decide to write this new book, Healthcare Kaizen? You already did Lean Hospitals, and now you're putting your effort into this. Yeah, well, you know, Lean Hospitals was meant to be, you know, a first introduction to kind of the broad world of lean management practices, lean philosophies, lean methods, um, and you know, within that world, uh, the broader world of lean, you know, I think you know the idea of, of kaizen or continuous improvement is certainly one of the key principles there, and we introduced that in Lean Hospitals that. Lean at its core, as Toyota describes it, has two pillars of continuous improvement and respect for people. And I, and I think we'll be talking about both of those themes. But one reason we, the number of reasons we wrote the book, you know, for one, my co-author, um, Joe Schwartz, uh, is an amazing guy. He's done great work where I, you know, I've been a consultant and bounced around and worked with a lot of different organizations. Joe has been with the same health system in Indianapolis for over six years now, uh, Franciscan St. Francis Health System. So there's just an amazing depth of work that Joe and, and his colleagues have done and his senior leaders have helped make happen. And um, you know, we, we, we shared the, the, you know, the passion that continuous improvement uh, is something that everybody should be participating in. And, and Joe and I are fortunate to have a shared connection in our uh, mutual friend, Norman Bodak. And, and Norman mm-hmm. has written... And done so much to promote Kaizen and educate uh, people about Kaizen in, in this country and around the world. That you know, the one thing that we saw uh, going on broadly in um, the healthcare world, when people say we are "quote unquote" doing lean or we are implementing lean, you see lots of lots of activity around uh, week-long events. 
sometimes, you know, they're called the Kaizen Blitz or a Kaizen event or a rapid improvement event. And you hear in, in reports and people describe they do these events, they get improvement, but then the improvement more often than not fades away. And I think the one thing that's missing, and there's nothing wrong um, with events. There's a time and a place for getting people together to do a formal week-long event. But one reason that falls down is that the event is not being followed up with ongoing, daily, continuous improvement. And so the focus of our book really is on the, the kind of, I think, you know, the classic definition of Kaizen as being lots and lots of little ideas that, as Norman would say, are relatively quick and easy to implement. Lots of little ideas adding up to have a huge impact. And, you know, for example, at Joe's organization last year, they had more than 4,000 ideas that were identified and implemented by their employees. It's an average of about two per person. And they're, they're documented in a very simple way, you know, before and after mm-hmm. um, type mm-hmm. illustration with pictures and diagrams. And, um, you know, they, that adds up to a huge impact and really gets people engaged in the workplace a way that just doing events seems not to uh, make happen. Mm, Those are just excellent points. And you know what? Let's pick this up again after the break. We're going to slide into a break now. And I'd like to hear, if you would, about some of the tools and some of the other stories that you have of people doing this and doing it in this different way, the Kaizen way. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. You are at the Visual Workplace, and today we're interviewing Mark Graben, who, along with Joe Schwartz, co-authored a book, a great book called Healthcare Kaizen, which we're talking about today. Now, we're talking about a book. We're talking about this book, but what I want you to understand is that this book 
is the result of real experience. This isn't kind of hypothetical, conceptual. This is what have people done? How have they done it? What are the results? There's a lot to learn from this. And we were just at the point of Mark talking about um, the Kaizen, what to do when you're not doing an event. How do you make continuous improvement a daily practice? in the healthcare setting in particular. And I'm going to ask you, Mark, if you would tell a story that you tell in the book that I think is a really good one, and you call it, we call it the jar story, mm-hmm. about the levels of Kaizen. Well, sure. And, you know, one of the lessons from, from Toyota is, you know, that there are, if you will, different levels of Kaizen. And I think, you know, there's an old story about um, rocks in a jar that helps illustrate that well. So I'll try to tie that all together. But, you know, the idea is that, you know, you have the, the story is told that you have a, a philosophy professor in a, in a college setting. He has a big glass jar, and he fills the jar with rocks that are maybe you know, the size of, of your fist. And the, the rocks reach the top of the jar, and then the professor asks the class, is, is the jar now full? And the students are like, oh, yeah, the jar is full. You can't fit any more rocks in there. And you know, those rocks represent the, the handful of really large initiatives that an organization might be facing. So a hospital might be implementing an electronic medical record system, or they might be building a new hospital tower. There's really only so many of those large initiatives that the organization can absorb at a time before the jar is full, before people feel overwhelmed and say, you know, there's too much going on. And so the students say, yeah, the jar is full. And the professor pulls out a bunch of pebbles that may be the size of marbles. And he pours the marbles into the jar. And of course, they fall in and they fill in the space um, between the larger rocks. And the professor says, oh, see, look, you know, the jar is not yet full. And you know, those, those medium-sized stones represent the week-long event. That those week-long events can coincide with the really large strategic initiatives. And uh, then the professor asks, well, you know, is the jar now full? And the students are starting to catch on. And like, well, I don't know. Maybe not. You can't fit any more pebbles in there. And so sure enough, the professor pulls out a bag of sand. And he pours sand into the jar, which beautifully fills in the gaps between the pebbles and the larger rocks. And those, those grains of sand represent daily Kaizen or daily continuous improvement that those you know, little small improvements that might just take uh, a few minutes or a few hours to put in place mm-hmm. um, are, are the glue that holds together the organization, that, um, that in between those events, like you said, or after an event, you know, because an event usually doesn't make things perfect. It may make things m- uh, much better than it was before, but we still need to um, support the, the, the people so they can do a better job of the patients by allowing them to make improvements that don't require uh, the formality of putting together a, a full team uh, for an entire week. And, and there's lots and lots of, you know, there's thousands of opportunities like this in a given hospital. And, and so it's just to finish the story, um, you know, the professor then, um, you know, pours water or as some smart aleck student yells out that there's still room for beer, you know, that you can pour <laughs> <laughs> Again, you know, the jar is still not full. So I don't know what, I guess maybe, the, I don't know what a good analogy is back to the workplace. The beer is what you have after you celebrate all the improvements that you've made um, during the day. But, you know, the, these different types of Kaizen all fit together. And, 
the last thing I'll say, just tying it back to Toyota, is that when they do week-long events, and they, and they you know, uh, former Toyota people tell me they don't do many. The purpose of the event is not just for the ROI or the return on investment or the measurable improvement. The real goal is to teach people how to do Kaizen improvement in a systematic, scientific way so that they can go back to the workplace and do small Kaizen each and every day. And, th- and that's something we, we hope we would see more of in healthcare is that people take uh, you know, the structure of an event and they learn how to kind of scale it back to follow the, the PDCA or the PDSA cycle of plan, do, study, uh, adjust um, mm-hmm. you know, a- on an ongoing basis um, as opportunities arise in the workplace. It's so interesting. So instead of having something that is often called a Kaizen blitz, where you go in and you make these changes and they happen during a described, a prescribed period of time, two days or three days or five days, instead of doing that, you're saying the, this model is you might have an event, but the event is so that people get the, uh, understand how to think incrementally and how to change incrementally so it's like a training in uh, small incremental improvement and then they go out and they do that on their own the follow-up is to follow on to keep going am i getting that right yeah that's exactly right and it's not um instead of again we're not encouraging people to give up events but um you know i've talked to some people i actually have some friends in the netherlands who uh, at, they're at a hospital there. They visited a Toyota facility in Europe, and they came back really inspired because the lesson they got from Toyota was that you know um, priority one in the event is the learning and the education. Mm-hmm. Priority two is the results. Well, you know the, the mm-hmm. hospital said uh, that before they went to Toyota, they had that reverse that their first mm-hmm. goal because there is so much need for improvement, and you know and results matter. We need to improve quality and, and reduce cost and. Um, and improve in so many measurable ways, but that it's not necessarily the primary mm-hmm. impact, and we can't always precisely measure return on investment or dollar savings from a lot of these improvements that we're making in healthcare. Uh, improvements for patient satisfaction or um, reducing waiting times don't necessarily translate really well into dollars. So to put more of the focus on learning, um, and, and not just theoretical learning, but practice um, that that drives more improvement. Um, that, that actually that really should be more the focus. That actually changes the delivery of care, the quality of care, the 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 experience of the caregiver right there, yeah. right then, right away. So give yes. us some examples of these Kaizens, of these quick and easy, as you say, quick and easy ideas that are implemented right away. Well, yeah, and, and we've got um, more than 100 you know, illustrated, documented examples in the book. I mean, there's... There, there's you know lots of examples that impact um, a lot of dimensions of the workplace. You know, helping identify things that make your your workday less frustrating, less stressful as a healthcare professional, or things that make things better for the patient in in terms of the patient experience or, or the patient's um, clinical outcomes. So there's you know, there's one example I like in the book that um, was a uh, an ultrasound tech who had um, small children coming in for ultrasound procedures. And, you know, getting ultrasound done, I've, I've had this done. It's weird. You know, you have the kind of goopy, cold gel. Maybe they warm it up, but it's kind of a, a goopy, gloppy 
gel that they rub on you and then they have this you know metal paddle and it's just kind of an uncomfortable weird experience and kids get squirmy and they won't lay still and so the the ultrasound tech always struggled with this it was frustrating for her it's frustrating for the parents and then one day she had a brainstorm so you know first off she identified a problem is that you know the kids aren't laying still that um, this can impact the quality of the ultrasound it can um, lead to a lot of frustration and delay but she had been to a wedding over the weekend and I think it was a, a Monday morning and she realized that she had this little bottle of uh, bubbles in her purse because instead of throwing rice which isn't really good for birds people now a lot of times <laughs> blow bubbles at um, the, the bride and groom um, as they're uh, leaving um, after the ceremony and so she had these bubbles and she thought well let me give this a try maybe this will distract the little uh, the little tyke who's on the other uh, table here and she had the mother blowing bubbles and she you know she had this little change that she tested and you know and it worked it, it kept the kid um, calm and happy and you know there, there, there was some discussion and I think this is a key with Kaizen that ideally when somebody identifies a problem and they have an idea that part of a key part of this process is to talk to your supervisor, not for the supervisor to be controlling or, or bureaucratic, but you know, even in something as, as simple and as effective as this with the bubbles, you could see all sorts of potential issues that might come into play. Someone might ask, well, is there an infection control concern if we're spitting bubbles over mm -hmm. a patient or are there, you know, are there concerns about that? Or, you know, will blowing bubbles get soap into the machine and, and fry it out and void our warranty? So, you know, there may be times when somebody has an idea and, and the, the supervisor serves not as a, a judge, but as a coach and someone who asks questions and, and makes sure that we engage uh, the right, uh, the right people and departments to make sure that an idea isn't going to cause any side effects or, or mm. any problems. So that was just that was one of my favorite examples of, of just a really cute, simple, effective little improvement that somebody made. Wonderful improvement. And in fact, it's one of my favorite as well. And the nurse in question is Hope Woodard, because I happen to have that page marked in your beautiful new book. It's called Bubbles for Babies. And there's a picture of a mom who looks very pregnant right now, blowing bubbles over her, her little child who's getting some uh, electrodes affixed to uh, his or her body. It's really, really lovely. And, and you know, this, this um, uh, uh, discussion about great idea, implement it, but first see your coach is the kind of structure that needs to be put in place in order for improvement to be able to blossom and to do all the good that it's supposed to do and not uh, create those unintended uh, uh, negative consequences. And, uh, and, and I would also say there's a, a beautiful quote on the same page. May I read it? I love your quotes. This is by Author Unknown, very familiar author. And it's mm. called, The Largest Room in the World is the Room for Improvement. And you know, everyone, this is, and, and Mark, this is what I love about your book. And, and so much of Kaizen has so much heart to it. And even though it's common sense, it's the common sense that doesn't happen unless you intend it, unless you put structures in place, unless you teach people how to do it, because we all like to improve. But unless you have a kind of Kaizen initiative, 
where that is the intention of the organization, then all those ideas, they either don't come or they stop after a little while. So we're going to go into a break in a moment. And after the break, Mark, let's switch the conversation to leadership and talk about how important it is to have this Kaizen led by people who understand it and are committed. What do you think about that? That sounds great, Gwen. Okay. Okay, we'll be back in just a minute. Stay tuned. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, this is Gwendolyn Galsworth. I want to welcome you back. We're in the third segment of today's show of the Visual Workplace. And we're interviewing Mark Graben, who, along with Joe Schwartz, has written a wonderful new book, called Healthcare Kaizen, which really is a compendium. It is like a dictionary of what Kaizen is, how to do it, what's the concept, the tools behind it. And it doesn't just talk about what Kaizen is, but it also talks about the frameworks that hold Kaizen and, and allow it to grow and to go. Uh, for We were talking just before the break about uh, some an idea of bubbles for babies, but that idea happened within an institution, the Franciscan St. Francis Hospital in Indianapolis, I believe. And, and uh, that initiative was led. And um, actually, I'm, I'm going to let you take it from here. So I, perhaps you want to bring in the leadership of the Franciscan uh, Hospital. But it's a led event. It doesn't happen by accident. It happens by intention, and it's held on to by intention. And it isn't easy. So, Mark, talk to us about that, what your experience has been, and bring in some more pieces of this wonderful book. Well, sure. And you know, one of the things that leaders have done at Joe's organization that's been really effective is to be involved. And so, you know, Kaizen is not a model where um, you know, people are just left on their own. 
you know, it's not where it's not a, uh, an approach where we just dump all of the pro- problems on frontline staff and say, "Hey, you're empowered. Go fix things. Good luck." Because you know, there's times where people can um, identify opportunities and implement and test um, improvements that they would make to address problems or um, make opportunities. Uh, a reality. But, you know, there's times where people need support from other departments or support from leaders. So it, it's it's a, a participative model. It's not a top-down model where, you know, I think in a lot of traditional cultures, managers and leaders are expected to have all the answers. And if, if anything, people will identify problems and say, okay, hey, boss, I told you about the problem. I'm going to dump it on you. And, you know, managers only have a limited number of hours in the week. And we it's not a realistic model to um, to to throw everything up to the leaders to solve, and so you know Kaizen gets people involved in, in collaborating. And one of the things the leaders do at Joe's organization is just the simple act of asking people to participate in improvement and letting them know that they are the experts in their work, that they uh, are trusted, that. Their ideas are valued that we know, as Norman, uh, our friend Norman Bodek describes. You know, most people are creative people. And sometimes they've been convinced otherwise through school or the workplace. But people are creative. They can do this. And so from their CEO, their chief operating officer, directors and managers, they spend a lot of time talking about improvement and how important it is, you know, tying it to their mission and purpose um, and, and just asking people to participate in improvement is a very important first step. But then there's, there's a lot of other things wait, they can wait, do. Excuse me, Mark. I'm just going to interrupt to ask you to anchor that. So does that mean that they walk around, they stop in the department in a kind of periodic uh, random fashion? Or is there a meeting where the manager shows up and says, hey, you guys have been doing a great job with improvement. I, I really appreciate it and keep going because this is what we're about. I mean, how does that mm-hmm. happen? If there are leaders here saying, how do I operationalize that? Give us some ways. Well, yeah, please. I mean, I think it happens in, in all of those ways and more. So you know, when they have all-hands meetings, um, the, the, their senior leaders will um, you know, continually talk about Kaizen. They will share examples from the organization and give people recognition. Um, they publish uh, Kaizen ideas on a, a bulletin board in uh, near the cafeteria. The the chief operating officer sends an email out to the whole hospital, I believe, monthly, where they always highlight um, a Kaizen improvement or two. But then, you know, I think the frontline managers and directors do a lot of work to just you know continually um, ask people whether it's in, in team huddles or just one on one. One of the best things that I saw when I visited Joe's organization was. Um, a manager in the ICU who, you know, she was talking to a new nurse and one of the things she asked the nurse was, you know, have, you know, first off, you know, how, do you need any help? Um, how are things going? And then have you found um, a Kaizen idea that you could implement yet? And, you know, I think the nurse being kind of new to the organization and, and that being a new expectation at first, she was like, well, no, I, I, I can't think of anything because I think a lot of times people put pressure on themselves to come up with big, huge you know, million dollar ideas. And the manager, you know, kind of reassured her and said, well, that's okay. 
But all we're looking for is just anything small that makes your work a little bit easier or make things a little bit better for a patient. So that, you know, that becomes less intimidating. You know, you're asking people to take a baby step as opposed Mm -hmm. to just suddenly getting up out of bed and running a marathon without training for it. So, you know, just little things like that. You know, it's the softer skill of, um, you know, trying trying to get people on board. Mm -hmm. Like those curtains. Tell us a little story about the curtains. Do you remember there was a Kaizen yeah. where the curtains were in the, in the way? Well, yeah. I mean, there were, uh, there's one example in the book where it's actually a series of different Kaizen improvements where uh, nursing mothers um, were, were um, you know, I guess, you know, their privacy was, was being disturbed because um, you have curtains keeping an area closed off and people would walk by and the breeze, you know, blows the curtains open. And so there was, um, you know, there were a number of Kaizens, including, you know, uh, uh, using some little clips, you know, just basically office supply clips to help keep those curtains shut. And mm-hmm. then there was an additional Kaizen about um, just uh, making sure that those clips were easily available and that nurses or staff members didn't have to run all over the place to find them. So, you know, just around, uh, you know, a great example of just, you know, a small improvement that's focused on. Um, the patient experience. It's really hard to put a dollar value on mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. improvement. It's mm-hmm. just the right thing to do, and it was mm-hmm. easy to do, and it was meaningful um, for mm-hmm. everybody involved. Mm-hmm. So, using examples like that, and this is why um, you know, we recommend people not just do improvement, but that they document them because then they can share the ideas, giving recognition to the people who were involved, and, and helping inspire um, more improvements um, throughout the workplace. And not just share it with people in that hospital, in that setting, but share it with us so we can learn and we can put that in place and then come up with something else that we contribute. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, the idea of sharing all these examples in the book is not to just go and copy and implement. You know, I mean, if, you, if people see ideas that they can apply in their own setting, that's great. But it's really meant to, uh, you know, inspire people to... Um, identify things that they can do to address the problems that they face in in their specific workplace. But, you know, things tend to be pretty common from hospital to hospital. So they're probably, I would hope, readers as they're going through the book say, well, okay, this book has taught me how to do Kaizen. And, you know, I'm going to steal some of those ideas because they were good. (laughs) They're going to help our patients. (laughs) Because we got humans in here, too, that we're taking care of. We got a common product. (laughs) Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. You've got to do more than just copy, you know, that, that one, you know, that you see what, Kaizen is about that That's you can right. go and come up it's, with your own. It's the thinking. And you mm-hmm. have a great quote from the CEO of IU Health in Goshen. It's called IU Health Goshen. His name is, uh, if I'm saying it right, James Dag. Dag? And he states, yeah, Dag? Okay. And he says something very interesting because this is kind of like caution. Be aware, this is really important. It's really useful. And it also is not so easy to implement. It's quick and easy ideas, but in order to keep it going, and this is what he says, the first three years, this is from your book, I think, yeah, I got it right here, page 272. The first three years of this program were very tough because everyone was waiting for it to go away. So how can an organization survive the first three years? Tell us about that, please. Yeah, well, and, you know, at at their system in Indiana, this is, you know, IU Health um, Hospital in Goshen, Indiana, um, you know, they've been using Kaizen principles for about 10 years now. And I think, you know, early on, I mean, you know, unfortunately there is fatigue or cynicism in organizations where people hear about 
a new program and, and they sort of groan or roll their eyes and they think, oh dear, here's here's a new buzzword or here's a new program of the month. And you know, people have, have unfortunately they've been conditioned to almost just sort of ride it out. It'll go away soon enough. There's no need to invest anything personally or emotionally in a new program. And so I think one of the things that, that leaders do is just have to show that this isn't something they're going to get bored of, you know, about after a month or two, that leaders keep asking uh, for improvement and encouraging improvement and participating in improvement. You know, I think one, one thing that is problematic sometimes with the events that we talked about earlier is that ideas are being forced on people. And, and this is something we talk about a lot in the book that um, it's very natural. Nobody likes, you know, changes being forced on them that they didn't have a say in, that they didn't get to participate in. And so I think, you know, in, in the early stages of a, a, a broader Kaizen daily improvement initiative, that when, once people start to see that they are able to identify and prioritize the things that matter to them and to their patients and that they're participating in this, people tend to like their mm-hmm. own ideas. And it's, mm-hmm. a, it's, a, it's that participative aspect um, that, that helps people see that Kaizen makes their work easier and it has a positive impact. Then, of course, then people are going to want to do more of that because it aligns with their intrinsic motivation um, to provide the best patient care um, and and to have a more satisfying workplace. And that really is the demonstration of that principle, respect. How do you operationalize respect? You just described it. So tell us again how we can get your book or get you, Mark, before we, and then we'll go into another break, okay, our last well, break. Yeah, well, um, the, the website for the book um, is hckaizen.com. And uh, on the website, you can actually download the first chapter of the book in a PDF file. And there are resources. Actually, we have people who have started sharing their own Kaizen ideas that have been inspired by the methods and and the practices in the book. And there's a lot lot of uh, stuff there. People can buy the book in paperback format or they can get it in the Kindle format. And the book is full of color pictures, which um, look great on an iPad or a laptop screen or Mm. a Kindle Fire or, you know, the paperback um, is is that option. And people can contact me through the website or uh, through leanblog.org. Excellent. Thank you. I didn't know that I must get that on Kindle because I wanted to put my books on Kindle and I didn't think they could handle colored pictures. So that'll be very interesting to see how they uh, format that. Let's see what happens next. So we'll be right back. And um, thank you very much, Mark. Thank you. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company Gwendolyn galsworth visual workplace expert and award-winning author is available to help you harness and maximize that power with nearly 30 years of hands-on experience dr galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars site assessments total company conversions keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. 
Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, this is Gwendolyn, and we are in the last segment of... Our show today at the Visual Workplace, we're talking to Mark Graben, who is the co-author with Joe Schwartz of Healthcare Kaizen, wonderful, wonderful book on the Kaizen methodology in the healthcare setting full of so much that's useful. If you're a manufacturer or you work in a bank, if you work in a military depot, get this book. You're going to learn a lot. You know, we were talking about leadership and one of the policies that is the most compelling that you discuss in the book is the no layoffs. You you talk about that early. I'm very struck by that. Talk about how hard that is and why people do it. Why do they commit to no layoffs? Well, you know, I think because, you know, Kaizen is really about getting everybody involved in improvement. You know, one of the barriers to Kaizen or the barriers to improvement is fear that people might have that if they make improvements that improve productivity, that they or their colleagues may lose jobs as a result. And so James Dagg, who you mentioned at IU Health Goshen Hospital, um, they've taken that off the table. They've had a no layoffs policy um, for for a very long time. Um, Theta Care and a number of organizations that have been very successful with Lean and with Kaizen have made that very public commitment, and they've stuck to it to, sort of, to try to um, take to try to take that fear or anxiety away. Because you know there there's such a need for cost reduction in healthcare. There's huge opportunities, but and 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 for a typical hospital, labor cost is about sixty to seventy percent of their total cost. So it in a way, it's it's natural that that's where healthcare leaders would first look to try to take cost out. But there's so much process waste to be eliminated in, in, in healthcare that we can have people engaged in reducing cost in a way that also improves quality and improves patient satisfaction and does so without destroying morale the way that layoffs and involuntary job mm-hmm. loss um, can lead to. And, you know, I think it's just, it's a really necessary part of the equation. And I've, you know, I've talked to some hospital leaders recently. There's one hospital CEO in particular who said, you know, they've gone through this cycle of layoffs and it really doesn't lead to long-term cost improvements. So they're giving up on that. Mm-hmm. And, and lean is now their alternative. Because what happened mm-hmm. in the past is that they would lay off people. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then because they haven't fixed the underlying processes, mm-hmm. their way of trying to make things better then is by rehiring and throwing people at the problem. So the, mm-hmm. the job, you know, the employment mm-hmm. numbers creep up mm-hmm. where lean really helps us take out the systemic cost um, mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a way mm-hmm. that doesn't mm-hmm. force, uh, force us to mm-hmm. resort to layoffs. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, those just excellent points and how gratifying it is that healthcare where there's such a compelling argument to reduce costs by all of us taxpayers mm-hmm. that people are going about it in a very long-term way of very high quality and they're seeking excellence instead of just uh, cost-cutting. I want to mention that in the book, you also have many examples of visual displays and visual boards and visual idea boards that I think are very, very useful. And I, I am imagining that your hospitals are beginning to also look at embedding processes deeply into the, into the work environment. I remember seeing a picture of a toe that said this one. It was actually somebody's people, somebody's toe. And she was going into an operation and somebody had taken a magic marker and wrote this one on it. Yeah. <laughs> and that was just such a great example of a performance of visual that, you know, to ensure that uh, the right toe was was operated on. Yeah. So uh, in terms of visuality, I think that that is what's going to be coming next, that the hospitals you're working with will start embedding processes in visuality. But I want to say that the visuals that you currently have in your book are very, very interesting from the idea of supporting Kaizen ideas. In other words, they hold the ideas. Yeah, well, you know, we, we want you know, to have the visual display of ideas because um, as opposed to the suggestion box, I can't think of anything less visual than um, a wooden or metal suggestion box because ideas <laughs> go in there and nobody can see them and they're locked away and they're hidden. And, right. you know, with, with an idea board, there's just an amazing dynamic. You see when ideas are displayed openly for everybody to see, Yes. Um, people read the cards, they add their ideas, they participate, they build upon the ideas. Um, there's really no reason to keep ideas locked away in a suggestion box. So I hope we, we, can, we can do away with the box and in doing so get a lot more improvement um, by doing simple things like boards or cards. Or you know, There's a, a software startup that I'm involved in called Kinexus that tries to create that visual display electronically mm-hmm. through a web page that everybody has access to because it's not mm-hmm. locked away in, in a physical box. So there's different How ways very, of creating that. Very, very interesting. And what's next for you, Mark? What is your either next book going to be or next great um, horizon to reach in terms of your own contribution <laughs> and your own work? <laughs> well, I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working very hard on uh, you know, w- with the startup. I, I do consulting work. You know, it's, uh, you know, the Kaizen for me it was not just the book, but uh, now that the book has been released, you know, I, I want to to continue teaching and coaching people mm-hmm. on um, Kaizen because you know so we want to uh, just you know spread have broader impact of, um, you know, I think these really powerful ideas, um, create better workplaces for all the great healthcare professionals out there and, you know, um, help ensure the best patient care, the best patient experience. Uh, I'm, I'm very passionate about that. And I think we still have a lot of work to do. You know, hopefully the book introduces the ideas and um, we'll have a lot of work to do to um, help, help make that happen. Yes, it's an outstanding book. Again, you can get it through Amazon. You can get it on Kindle. You can get it through Mark's website, leanblog.com. You can get it through, would you say it again, hckaizen.com, is it? Yes. hckaizen.com. And uh, I would, whoever, whatever you're doing, I would get this book to understand how to, how, what do you do with these ideas and what is the underlying 
principles of human motivation, human involvement, human thinking, plus the leadership piece. It's an outstanding book. Mark, it's been such a pleasure to talk with you today and to talk about this great book that you've done and to hear about your contribution and also Joe's work in, um, in describing this and bringing it to us so we can use it as well. I want to thank you very, very much. Oh, thank you, Gwendolyn. So, uh, <laughs> so nice to talk to you. Thank you. And, and I also want to thank our great listeners for tuning in. Please remember to stay in touch. Sounds like you, there's a place for you to put your uh, health, your Kaizen ideas on um, Mark's site. You can send us pictures of your visual solutions and your comments to radio at visualworkplace.com. I look forward to the next time. You bet I do. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I'm signing off. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.